0: Urbana, the kids are going to stay up with us during worship, and then they will head down right after. So if you are able, please stand with us as we worship our King. like that into your life father we are ready lord i pray that you would just prepare our hearts even now that we would be ready for the way that you want to do our lives not the way we want them to be done that when tribulations come father when the floods come god that we are prepared that our hearts are prepared father
1: I worship you. I worship Cause you are way miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. It's my God, that is who you are. You are way miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working, never stop. He never stops, he never stops working.
2: get out now, don't be shy. We're we're in the house of God. We praise you, Jesus. We worship you tonight. Come fill this place, Lord. Be with us. We thank you, Father, for all that you've done. We worship you, Lord. We praise you tonight. In Jesus' name. For your glory, Lord. In In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We worship you. We worship you. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. your way of being opened up. The Lord just dropped in my heart. And I felt the exact same thing for Felicia and Nathan. God's been praying about some things financially. The Lord's gonna open some doors, make some things happen for that. Be, be encouraged. How, how about this? Sometimes when a personal word drops want to grab it corporately too so so if you're like in a spot where you've been praying for some financial things that need to happen just raise your hands up Lord we we thank you that you're a provider you're the one who blesses you're the one who brings things home to us you're the one who always meets our needs Lord we receive Lord for the prayers that are being asked the intercession being made for things to be opened up financially, that you will make a way to see these things happen. Lord, we depend on you. We rely on you. And we believe, Lord, that you're our provider. And we thank you for opening doors, for making ways sometimes, Lord, where there seems to be no way. I thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All righty, all righty. Well, good deal. It's good to have you tonight. How about this before we get into offering? i go around and encourage about four or five people that, that grab a seat, okay? the mighty man of god sawyer is going to come pray over offering tonight so come on up here you jump up here right up here man come on so if you have an uh, offering to give tonight go ahead and, and prepare it uh offer envelopes from front of you on the seats if you need one wave your hand around and one of our, our incredible ushers will help you out but i got this young man i just asked him like a minute ago if he'd pray over offering tonight and he's, he's always willing and perfectly capable amen so how about this i'm gonna have him pray and we'll, we'll get on with the offering you ready yeah. all right everybody bow your heads please
1: jesus please bless this offering that you have helped people prepare just for you and thank you jesus for helping people get have the money to give to you and thank you thank you for everybody being able to come out tonight
2: Please help everybody drive safely home. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, story. Bring it on down if you have it
1: tonight.
2: Amen. Amen. All right, so some announcements real quick. Uh, If I can turn this thing off. Turn it off. When you're done. All right, so uh, coming up, starting this Sunday evening, we got three nights, Monday, Sunday night, Monday night, and Tuesday night, we have something called Seek and Find. And how many know that we seek after God? Amen. And we seek Him in things. So pretty much pretty much this is what this is about. How many of you are simply busy? Anybody busy? How many of you know that our world has a lot going on right now? Yes. This is an opportunity for you make an excuse to take some time I'm giving it to you right here so Sunday night Monday night Tuesday night from 7 to 830 an hour and a half each night you don't have to come the whole time you can buzz in and out when you want but time to be able to come and just seek God there's gonna be no message no no preaching Um, by the way there's not childcare it'd be be a lot to put together but your kids are allowed to come and be here but there's no official childcare There's gonna be intermittent music, live music, worship through the night. So it is a time of some worship, but mainly for you to come and just seek God. Bring your word, to find a spot in this room, park yourself, to be on the floor, to be up, whatever you wanna do for three nights and just seek after God. And to bring to Him just things for your life. And and it could be just Him, you just wanna be with Him and and spend time in His presence or, or Plus, maybe it's uh, some needs and some things that, that you just wanna uh, get in faith about. So that's what this night's about. But during that time, I gave Mike uh, some of our prayer request cards. So everybody take one of these, okay? And uh, we're gonna do this again Sunday for those that aren't here tonight, but what I wanna do as a part of those three nights is I wanna take time to pray over all of your prayer requests that you have. And if you don't have anything, that's cool. You don't have to turn anything in, but if you do have something, uh tonight, uh, you can, afterwards, you can just throw them, I don't know, put them on the side over here, and I'll collect them up. And, and during those three days, I'm going to do some fasting, and I'm going to intercede over your prayer request, okay? And by the way, do you know that we pray for you, right? As pastors, we pray for you guys all the time, because we believe in you, we love you, but we also know that God can do all things. So uh, if you have a prayer request, go ahead and fill it out. You can bring it Sunday, leave it here tonight. We'll do this again on Sunday morning for those who aren't here. And I'm gonna pray over these things, uh, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday during Seek and Find. So, um, we hope you come out. And, and I know you may not be able to be here each night, maybe a part of one night, whatever works for you. Uh, I just know if nobody else is here, I'm gonna be here. And we're gonna spend time seeking after God, amen? Um, but then, next Wednesday, a week from tonight, we have our, our first annual ice cream social, amen. So, what's gonna happen that night, we'll have worship. We're still gonna have a message, it's gonna be a tad shorter, and then we're just gonna have ice cream and toppings, and then then because we love Ginny, all that's gonna go outside, okay? We'll eat our ice cream and step outside, and that way Ginny doesn't have to deal with it in the building, but anyhow. But we'll have an ice cream social that's a week from tonight, and so that, that's a great time to invite somebody out. If there's anybody you've been wanting to invite to church, that's a great night to do so. So, uh, And then uh, coming up, August 22nd, which is a Sunday, uh, that Sunday morning we're going to have a vision casting uh, afternoon. So we're going to have normal service. Again, it will be a tad shorter than normal. And then we're going to order some pizza and whatnot. We're going to stay talk about uh, some next steps for our church, update everybody on the finances, kind of where we stand in the, in the renovation project. And catch everybody up because I just want you to know what's happening. Okay, so that's what that's about. And then when that's over, uh, some people recently been asking about doing sort of a game day, board games and cards and whatnot. So those that want to stay after the vision casting, uh, they'll be setting up some stuff in here to, to hang out and fellowship and play some games. And uh, how many of y'all like to play games, anybody? How many of you are maybe just a tad too over competitive? Anybody? You know, my wife will not play games with me and my children, she claimed, though I don't believe it's true, that we are too competitive in the games. So it's too much, too much stress on you. Do you ever win? No. Okay. Anyways, you sometimes you win when you're my partner. Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I mean, I ever played the game Sequence? Anybody ever play Sequence? Yeah, we play that game. We're partners sometimes that game. Anyhow, that's happening on the 27th, so plan on hanging around. We'll have a good time with that. If you don't want to kind of know what games are happening, uh, Samira, Felicia, and Kelly, I think they're heading that up so you can talk to them about it. That's it. That's all I got, so get your word out tonight, and uh, we're going to spend some time in the Bible. Amen. But before I do that, who's got a testimony for me? I want to hear somebody's. Last week, Bonnie shared a little bit something that was going on, right, Bonnie, with with Wayne, and uh, we've been. By the way, we've been praying for Wayne, and I know some of you guys have been reaching out to him, so it's really cool. So we're looking forward to him joining us again in the future. Who's got a testimony? Something God is up to? One person, just share. I, there's, there's got to be somebody here. That, all right, Nathan, right where you're at, stand up and just share what God's up to. Amen. All right, good. Amen. So that means you'll be up and jogging next week, and we're ready for that. We'll be praying for you as always, but we, we do believe God's going to be all over that. Amen. All right, Matthew chapter 4, if you've got your Bible. I always, even though we put it up on the screen, I encourage you to bring a Bible to church. Um, uh, I, I, am, I am a proponent. Now, I'm not, I'm not being judgy here. I, I am a proponent of a, a Bible like this versus my phone. Though I use a Bible on my phone, there's nothing wrong with that. I don't ever want to get distracted because my phone starts buzzing while I'm reading my Bible. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a proponent of, of, of this. Besides, I like books anyways. But I have a, I have a Kindle, and I got a, a scads of books on my Kindle. But it's not the same, you know what I'm saying? That's just me. I don't know. I, maybe I'm too old school. But but I encourage you, even if you use your 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 uh, phone uh, Bible app or whatever you have, I encourage you to have a a leaf Bible too. All right. That way, there's times that you may need to put this down, so you're not distracted by this. You know, because technology can be distracting. And 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 as much as I'd love to say it's kind of like in in the office, so. I, I try to get in the office long before most everybody else does because as soon as people come into office, people are coming in, knocking on the door, and, and I just get distracted. You know, it's the same thing with technology. It's easy to be distracted because you can be on there reading your Bible and then, then, then a, a text comes in, your phone starts ringing and, and all that kind of stuff. Sometimes I like to get rid of this thing so I can get alone with this thing. Right now, if you're more disciplined than me, then rock on. But I'm not that disciplined that I can't get distracted. But anyways, that's just my personal opinion. That's not a God thing. Anyway, so Matthew chapter 4. And verse 18. This is not going to be unfamiliar to most of you here tonight. This passage It is the calling of the first disciples. So we finished out... <clears throat> Our series on dealing with struggle with, we're talking about staying zealous, a fervent heart, serving the Lord. Romans chapter 12, verse number 11. And it kind of rolled in my mind uh, to, to this message tonight. We're not talking about dealing with struggle, but I just kind of rolled this way for me when I was thinking about and praying about tonight. So Matthew 4.18 says, while walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, Jesus saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, now, now this is not their first experience with Jesus. If, if you kind of compile the Gospels together, you'll see they had an encounter with him before. But um, verse 19, he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately. Everybody say immediately. immediately. Immediately they left their nets and followed him. And going on there he saw two other brothers, James the son of Zebedee, and John his brother, the sons of thunder, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets. And he called them, and immediately they left their boat and their father and followed him. The calling of the first disciples how many of you consider yourself a disciple of Jesus? Let me see. Now, oh, come on. You can't be shamed about this. All right. The essence of discipleship is a life of following. The essence of what it means to be a disciple is a life of following after Jesus. The essence of being a disciple is an active, purposely Uh, participating way of life. At some point, the reason you're a disciple is because at some point, Jesus called you. Right? And however that happened, maybe it was different for for each one of us, our story of salvation and following Jesus, different ways. But at some point, Jesus called you and you responded. Now, in the scriptures, there's a lot of different ways it talks about Uh, following Jesus, picking up your cross daily, uh, being on the narrow road, uh, the verse we were in, I think, last week, pressing on, living by faith, uh, glory to glory transformation, all these different things. But, see, salvation is not the end to itself, but salvation is the beginning of discipleship. I, I know people that believe in Jesus and claim salvation, but they are not a disciple of Jesus. I mean what I'm getting at. Because it is an everyday following of him. True discipleship. It's following Jesus. And it's an active participation on your part. See, you you can't save yourself, right? That's right. But y'all can put down your nets. Is that right? You cannot save yourself. That's why we need him. But you have the ability to put your nets down and follow. See, salvation is what he does. Following is what you do. That's discipleship. And all the things that happen because you follow, then there's many, it's varied, but it's the life with him. I I love it. At once, they left their nets and followed him. The attitude and action Of those who claim to be a Christian should never stop in that. That you live a life of laying everything down in order to keep following Him. And that never, ever stops. It never stops. It is in everyday, the whole picking up your cross and denying yourself action. Pick up the cross that that is following Jesus and then in turn deny yourself. He says, follow, you lay your net down, deny yourself, and you go. This is something that never stops. It is the attitude of someone who claims to be a disciple. So, in other words, the Christian life is in no way, shape, or form a life of convenience. You cannot be a convenient Christian and call yourself a disciple. So so in other words, well, I'm going to do the Christian thing when it works for me, or when I feel like it, or when things are going good, or when I'm not tempted to do this, or when – no, 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 it is not of your convenience. As a matter of fact, and and, and let me just say this, um, the Christian life in no way, shape, or form is on your terms. Not on your terms. So this whole, I accept Jesus into my heart, I don't necessarily, it, I don't like that terminology necessary because it sounds like, well, I'm accepting you on my terms. I, I, I let you, no, 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 you give your life to him. Yes. I don't, I'm not going on some crusade against that phrase, whatever. But the point is, it's not on my terms. Now, here's what I do know. We are Americans, and and one of the foundational things that we do as Americans is, I have my rights. How I many you know what I'm saying? You're not gonna tell me what to do, when to do it, how to do it. You know how many know what I'm talking about? When it comes to Jesus, you can't be that way. You don't go to Jesus and say, Yeah, I know you're saying that. But no. I have my rights. I have a right to hate that person. Jesus said, No, you don't. If you want to be my disciple, you have to learn how to love your enemies. I have a right not to forgive that person. Well, not really. If you want to be my disciple, then I'm going to teach you how to forgive. You see what I'm getting at? You give up all of your rights and he shows you how to live. It's not on your terms at all. That's what this is about. Anytime you're reading the scriptures and you come across something, you go, oh, really? And it kind of, oh, man, that's... You're, you're having a little fight in here, your rights versus his calling, and what's going to win out, right? I follow him on my turn. In other words, I lay down my nets. I deny myself. I give it all up to follow him. It is not on your convenience. It's not on your terms. It actually is a total following. You can't play it being a Christian, Again, not when you want, not how you want, not with what you want, not when it fits a particular narrative of the moment. It don't matter. We follow Jesus. Dietrich Bonhoeffer. By the way, if, you, if, if you're a reader and you like to dabble in a little theology, let me throw a book out to you. This, this is a book I read probably 15, 16, 17 years ago. And it was one of the most referenced books that I go back to. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, The Cost of Discipleship. Write it down. And if you don't have to spell Bonhoeffer, you'll figure it out. Google it. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, The Cost of Discipleship. Um, it, 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 it talks about cheap grace and, and what it means to be a disciple. It goes into the sermon on the Mount a bit. In that book, it is, this is kind of a paraphrase of, of a couple pages in there. The call to follow Jesus is a definite step that is demanded. There are no conditions that can be tolerated that might come between Jesus and your obedience to him. See, when Jesus said to his disciples, Come follow me, right there's a choice. They did not have to. But he demanded a definitive step with him. Remember when he. Later on in the gospel, he called somebody to follow him and said, Well, let me go first bury my father. Let me, and now all these, well, then I'll get to it, but I gotta take care of this stuff first. Jesus demands a definitive step immediately to come and follow. Deny yourself, lay things down. And immediately starts to teach us that there is nothing, no condition, no thing, no person, no circumstance that can get between you and your obedience to him. Because the moment things start to get in there is the moment you stop following. Well, I'm following him, but not in this thing. I'm following, but not in that situation. So so I can say, I'm following Jesus, but try to hold unforgiveness in my life towards this person. You've allowed a circumstance to come in between of total obedience. See what I'm getting at? Because he's calling you on his terms. Now, it sounds harsh, but understand, remember the end result is abundant life, freedom from sin, living in him, right? It's on his terms. Now, it is at this moment that Christianity is hard on its own terms, right? Now, as a church, We, as a group of people, should never make it hard for somebody else to follow Jesus other than standing in the Word. Because Christianity can be hard on its own terms in this part. Follow me and let nothing get in between it. Is that correct? I have found in my life as a Christian, from the time I got saved and even into ministry, people that have allowed things to get in between and they stop following. Sin, circumstances, trials, other people, whatever. There are multiples, hundreds of of things that can be there, right? Jesus is demanding, follow me. Don't let... Anything, get in there that would separate your obedience to follow me. And that is where Christianity is hard on its own merits. Because that causes, as you follow along, a lot of choices to make. There's a constant fight in you for allegiance. What is the allegiance that transcends my life? always fighting for stuff in you, right? You see what I'm getting at? Is is Jesus Lord of your life or one of the Lords of your life? See what I'm getting at? There's always this fight for allegiance. Jesus demands. When he said, said, follow me, he demands a definite step, action to go. And the moment you start following him, he's going to start saying, okay, now I'm going to teach you what it means to be with me. And here comes his terms. And then, then as we know, you can start in Matthew five. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. And so on. Starts teaching us. If your right eye caused you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away, for it's better to enter into heaven with one eye than two and be thrown into the other place. Weeping and gnashing of teeth. There's terms to this. You don't do this how you want. He shows you a way. This is the call of discipleship. It's costly to what? To your old person. It's costly to your rights and your wants and, and what you think you need. It's costly to sin in your life. It's costly. Because the whole thing about discipleship is you begin to trade your life for life he's going to give you. But you actually have to make the trade. You can't have true and abundant life unless you start to trade away the old life. See, see what, uh, what repentance is, is the understanding of the need to be forgiven for something. But in that moment, we begin to change, right? You, so in other words, you have a lot of people, and it's something we've said before, you have a lot of people that, that ask for forgiveness for things that they have no intention of changing. That's not repentance. Repentance is forgiveness. Now, with the power of the Holy Spirit, I will begin to change. And with that, rethink my entire life based on the truth of Jesus Christ. That's following him. And that's why the renewing of the mind is important, because you begin to rethink your entire life based on the revelation of Christ crucified and risen Amen? Repentance. Change. Follow. On his terms. No convenience. Jesus isn't something you add to your life. It's it's not like, well, I'm building my life, and my life is okay, but I realized I needed forgiven of my sins. And this whole heaven and hell thing, I need to take care of that business. That's that's serious stuff. So I kind of, Lord, Lord, forgive me. Now I added my religion part to my life. I've got Jesus. He transcends. You don't add him. He transcends your entire life. Every part of your being to be transcended by who he is and what it means to follow him. You don't add him. You give your life. And you follow on his terms. Literally to give your life over this is the essence of discipleship is to give your life over to learn to grow to change to become something notice i will make you into a fisher of men he's going to make you into something now here's the thing he makes all of us into a fisher of men Is that correct? But there's there's something that has to go on in your life for you to be a fisher of men. Because you can't have a whole bunch of hypocrites out there throwing the poles. That don't work. To be a fisher of men in the light of Jesus, though we're not perfect and we're, we're still working out, there is transformation and change that begins to happen. There's a trading of old life for new life, but again, it only happens when you really follow and you do it on his terms. But when you, when you get into the scriptures and, and you see things that, man, my life needs to change and, and you begin to go about it or the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes and, and you're convicted about things, you know I need to repent, I need to change and there's this is this, this, this happening. But it happens because you trust him. You trust him in such a way that you're willing to give it all up, put it all down, give up all your rights of the old way of living, because you trust what he has for you is the best way. It is actually the only way. It is the way of freedom. Now, you, you think about people that, that get caught up in a legalistic idea of Christianity. So what you're saying is there's rules to follow. There's a way. It's, of course, marked out for you as Paul writes. So there's things that I have to give up. Depending on what's going on in your life, probably. So I'm losing freedom to do what I want to do. Yes, you have to give those rights up. but they get stuck right there. This idea of having to give things up. So so you mean I have to give up the indulgence of alcohol? Yep, drunkenness is a sin. Bottom line. You mean I have to give up that leering, lustful look at that? Yep, lust is a sin. Well, I didn't act on it. Jesus said it's just the same as committing adultery. So, yep, got to deal with lust. You mean I got to quit cursing and, and... Foul language. Yep. How can you praise God and then go do those things? Yep. And there's this life change. There are things that have to change. Yep. You mean I actually really have to be careful of the kind of things that I'm taking in and movies and music and social? Yep. Yep. Got it by the word. Yep. It's contrary to the word. Cut it out. Yep. There's a life to live. But... Freedom of legalistic idea, thinking that you think you're losing, is the gateway to true freedom that you think you need, but you really need. Because to lose life is to actually gain it. To turn things away is to pick things up in him. And know here... Is a better yes in him. That's giving things. That, so I'm doing it on his terms. So when he when he he calls and he beckons and, and 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 he 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 says, let's go this way, let let's let's do this and let let's change this and let's you know follow him wherever he takes you because you trust him. And and I'm I'm going to assume that when Jesus um, called the disciples, at some point he turned around and walked away. He didn't make a tent and build a fire and hang around forever waiting for them to make a decision. And it doesn't say that Peter said, I'm not sure. So Jesus... Fashioned a rope out of some stuff laying around, tied around Peter, and drug him. See, see, there has to be a willingness on your part to follow. He does not make you do so. He will call you, he will beckon you, the Holy Spirit will convict you, but you must be willing to follow. Because at any moment, any of you have the ability to stop following right now. Amen. Is that true? You, you can walk out of this place and say, forget this Christianity stuff. I'm out. And you can go live your life that you want to, on your terms, the way you want, however you want, do what you want, go where you want, see who you want, participate in what you want. You can do so. You've got to be willing to do so. And that willingness plays into this obedience. See, see obedience is the key to discipleship. Jesus said, those who love me obey my commands. Obedience is the key to discipleship. Again, now, that, is, that pushes against our human nature to constantly have to submit to something because we don't like to submit. We like to do it our way. How we want, we want, that whole deal. That's why our flesh needs crucified an obedience that comes with the willingness to do what he calls us to do. To go where he shows us to go. To change what he shows us to change. This life we live with him. So obedience is important. And of course, as we've been talking through that series on Wednesday nights, then you'll find out then you need perseverance. You need to learn how to dig in. You need to learn how to keep going when it gets hard. You need to keep going no matter what. Because, again, it doesn't stop. Faithfulness and perseverance. And as we were talking about last week, and the mature will see it that way. So, I I say a phrase here pretty consistently long term discipleship. How many of you heard me say that before? Long. The goal of this church is to spur you on and to help you in long-term discipleship. That's it right here. That, that's the purpose of the church, to equip you. To what? To live the Christian life when you leave here. That, that's our goal. Long-term discipleship. So, so the teaching of a church is just like laying bricks, pavers down. You know, we're just building here, step at a time. We're not running out too far in front of everybody. We're not lagging behind. There are times that the messages can get a little deep, but sometimes they're super basic. You know why? Because the people here, where they're at in their spiritual growth, it's varied. By the way, those of you guys that are mature, when a message comes from the pulpit, you think, wow, that was really basic. You should be thankful that as a church, we have to teach basic messages because that means we have basic believers. And you consider it mature, not only as a reminder of yourself, but joy because we have people that need to hear it. Well, we should never get too big for our bridges. Well, you just got to have this deep stuff all the time. By the way, if I'm telling you a bunch of stuff out of the Bible you never heard before, I shouldn't be saying it. They've been teaching out of this thing for a couple thousand years. There's not a whole lot of new stuff floating around. Let's be honest. Teaching, being equipped, what? For long-term discipleship. That's the goal. That we persevere and we're faithful in following Jesus. That's what this is about. But what happens is then in this long-term discipleship, then we start picking up this thing, into fissures of men. Now we start to participate in this whole big thing of you're a light of the world. A city on a hill that can't be hidden. Who in the world would would put something over top of it? But you, you let it shine so everybody in the house can see. Right? What we're... Uh, Peter would write that that you you are ready on every occasion to share the reason for the hope that you have. And you do it gentleness and respect. Because we're we're not trying to slam somebody into the kingdom. We let the Holy Spirit do what he needs to do. We share the message. Right? Right? You know, as as Paul would write in 2 Corinthians 5. Well, let's put this one up. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. We'll read this one. 2 Corinthians 5, 16 through 21. 21. And it says, uh, let's see. Well, let's go to 15. Can you jump back one for me, Justice, please? There, there we go. Okay. That he died for all, and those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for their sake died, and was raised. Long-term discipleship. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. Amen. Amen. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us, now watch this, he gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. And we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. So, new creation, that's salvation, regeneration, made new. We're in the process of living this out, discipleship. But in this process of living out, now we take on the ministry of the kingdom, fishers of men. That we are now ambassadors for God in this world, and and in other words, it says there that God is now making his appeal through who? Through who? Us. Us. See, discipleship at the end of the day isn't just about you being a good disciple, which you should be, but ultimately is about carrying out the kingdom work that God has left to us. So when we get off of the narrow road or we, we, we don't follow the way we should or we let things come in between him and our obedience, not only is it a disservice to our own soul, but it's a disservice to the people that we would have been an ambassador to in this world. Because there's nothing about Christianity that is just solely about you. And you have to remember that. So... Here's something that's going to happen. I promise you this. Every once in a long while, you're going to hear this message. And we're going to get super basic. Jesus called you. As a pastor in this church, I implore you to put down your nets and follow him. And do it with all of your being. Don't hold nothing back. Don't keep nothing from him. Don't try to do it on your terms in any way, shape, or form. But give everything to him. And let him make you into something that ultimately results in you being an ambassador in this lost world for him. Amen. Amen. Now, why would we talk about this now and then? Because we need to because we have to remind ourselves of some of this basic stuff. I remind myself of this. There, there, there is a, uh, in my office, I have a, a, a thing that I made that a, a girl I know named Mandy painted a verse on for me. It's just some old barn wood I put together. It's about this tall and about that wide. It's on the wall straight across my desk. And it simply says, if anyone can't come after me, He would deny himself and pick up his cross and follow me. I sit down at my desk, and I see that every day. That's what I see. If I look up, right there on the wall, about 12 feet away from me. The most basic thing, and I pray, Lord, I pray today that I pick up my cross and I follow you. I deny myself. I put my nets down, and I'll do whatever it takes to follow you. I I choose today. To let nothing get in between you and my obedience. Nothing. I will obey. Whatever it is you want me to change, help me. I need your help. I can't change without you. This is not willpower stuff, this is Holy Spirit stuff. Help me. Lord, I want to be your ambassador. Give me wisdom, and I get into the Word. Lord, give me wisdom as I read the Word. Holy Spirit enlighten the Word for me. I I get in the Word every day I, get, I do my two chapters in the Old Testament, my one chapter New and my Psalm of the Day. That's my, my scripture reading. And then, 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 then I go pray. I pray over the church. I pray over the family. I pray over a lot of different. I pray. Then by then people are bugging me, needing my time, knocking on the door. I mean, a lot of times, you know, I, 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 I slip out. I go outside so they can't get me hide, and I pray, and uh, I only, then I let them get to me on my terms. Yeah, that's, that's where I get to use my terms, right right there. So then I get about my day. Then, then, then my personal time in the Word has nothing to do, then, then I get in the Word to study for this, and, and teaching, and preaching, and it's just a cycle, rhythm of life. But it all starts with today. Today. I'm gonna follow. Whatever it means, I'm going to follow. And invariably, your day, your day gets, gets, gets all, all chopped up. It could be, and it, and it happens now and then, you know, every once in a while, I'll be working on something, they buzz my phone, hey, there, there's a gentleman out in the lobby or, or somebody out in the lobby, and, and they're needing help, they're, they're stranded, or they're, they're, they were homeless, and they were walking down the highway, stopping for help. Can you come help them? Yeah, I'll be out. And we go get a hotel room, or we, we get some food, and, Saying, well, they bothered you. No, what's more important? That or or sitting at my desk writing something. Then all of a sudden we're ambassadors. Hey, there's somebody on the phone that needs a prayer request. Yeah, okay, let's pray. Hey, so and so is in the hospital. Can you go visit? Yep, yep, we'll do that. And we share those tasks around the office, you know. And and the kingdom work. The kingdom work. Amen. We get about the business of the kingdom. But let's be followers of Jesus. So uh, I promise you, I'll be up after you about this very consistently. Okay? Remind you. Remind you. So in, in the corner of my office, I have a sledgehammer. That's when I was a youth pastor. It was sort of a threat in the corner. I'm kidding. It was from my grandfather's farm. It's all beat up. It's an antique so I, I I see, and then I see my grandfather's sledgehammer. It reminds me every day: work hard, work hard. Don't don't waste a moment. Work hard. Get after things today. Work hard. Then behind me is that little plaque I, I told you about. Perhaps today I'm gonna live today like Jesus may come back. I'm gonna keep my heart right. He may come. I don't know. Maybe another. 50 years, it could be tomorrow, but perhaps today. I got, I got things in my office that I'm, I'm a visual reminder. So I, I think about that. Jesus may come back. My heart, Lord, Lord, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me. Forgive me of my sins. Let my heart be right. You see what I'm saying? You got, you got to do the basics to keep moving forward so God can do what he wants to do. Amen? Alright, I was rambling. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's pray. I'll let you go. I want you at this moment just to recommit yourself to follow. And maybe you're saying, well, I I was, okay, good. Doesn't hurt. Lord, I, I commit myself once again tonight to follow you. All that I am, and everything that I understand and things that I don't even get yet. I, I commit to you to follow you. To pick up my cross, deny myself, to lay my nets down, whatever, whatever it is. So I want to be your disciple. A Christian like Christ in all that I do and ultimately to be a light for you in a world that needs it. So as a congregation, we commit to be disciples, to do this together, to learn together, to grow together, to help one another. This this process of long term discipleship, for as long as you tarry, we're gonna be after this. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, it's our privilege to serve you. Thank you for freedom for the abundant life that you're instilling in us, that we're learning how to live. Thank you for that. Lead us to eternity. In Jesus' name. And we all say, amen. 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 All right. So Sunday morning, we're going to start a new series in, in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I'll tell you why we're going to do that Sunday morning. So that's Sunday morning. We're going to start that. I'm excited about it. I was working on it today for three or four hours, so I'm looking forward to it Sunday. So anyway, we will see you Sunday morning. Have a blessed end of the week. Again, encourage some people as you go tonight.